That's, I'm Joe, and I got my man Anthony on. Anthony, what's going on, my man? Not much, man. It's been getting good here to connect with you. I know it's been quite a while since we've been able to do this. I'm pretty excited to do this this morning. I know we both had a lot going on in life the last, you know, five, six weeks. I got a job promotion, which has been great. But, man, I've been working a lot of hours. So, yeah, man, just chilling this morning, ready for a couple days off. Been working like crazy lately. Hey, man, absolutely. I want to say congratulations. I know you do well just based on everything I know about you and how we pod together and just how we text and communicate, man. Um, very, very happy for you. I think you'll take it to the next level and proud of you, my man. Man, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's been lots of work and working late nights, but man, we got a lot to talk about today um, in sports. And of course, today's Christmas with Monaco, Indy 500 and the Coke 600. So yeah, man, I'm ready to go. Yeah, man. Um, absolutely. But before, you know, obviously we from time to time, we take world events and, you know, especially if it hit home or something that just beyond the scope, we want to show that, you know, we are parents, we are fathers, we are concerned citizens, things of that nature. And, um, you know, we, we, we basically care about what's going around, you know, going on in our world. So I will, you know, we text back and forth, obviously with the horrific uh, shooting in Eubank, Texas and, just want you to express um, how you felt, you know, obviously you did express to me, um, you know, the day after you uh, dropping your kids off, man, I know that had been really tough. So just go ahead and talk. I'll follow up and then we'll get in the sport. Yeah, man. So obviously I'm not going to go into any of the details. I think everybody pretty much knows what happened uh, down there in Texas, but yeah, just ultimate sadness for me, man. Like, you know, when you hear something about this, you hear about these mass shootings and and they all kind of kind of get at you a little different. But for whatever reason, I, I you know, obviously with this one being such young elementary school kids, kind of like a, a Sandy Hook 2.0, unfortunately, man, it just got to me so much. And, and the next day when I had to drop my kids off at school, I mean, I was literally in tears, man, sitting in the car line, dropping them off. I debated all night. I did not sleep well the night that night after the shooting happened, wondering whether I should take them to school, whether I should keep them home. And then ultimately decided, you know, I, I can't live, we can't live in fear and not do things. So I have to, you know, send them to school and try to get life, you know, back, back the way it's supposed to go. Um, but man, it's just, it's just out of control. Like, you know, I, I want everybody, especially if you're sports fans, I urge you to watch the press conference from Steve Kerr after uh, before the Warriors game uh, four, I believe it was against the Mavericks. Um, that was pretty deep stuff. Steve Kerr's got a heck of a background when it comes to you know gun violence and that thing. So I definitely urge people to to watch that. Uh, I think he hit the nail on the head. But you know, for me, just to kind of piggyback off that, it's just like. When is it going to end, man? Like we, you know, Sandy Hook happened. I believe it's been five years from now. And obviously us as a nation, we've learned absolutely nothing from that. So, you know, history is supposed to, when you have these tragic events, you're supposed to learn from them and move on so that they don't happen again. And frankly, that hasn't happened. I mean, the, I, I'm going to go on record and I know oh, this is controversial, but 
I believe that the AR-15, the assault-style uh, gun, whether it's an AR-15, an AK, and I know people are going to say, well, an AR-15 is not really an assault weapon. But, yes, it is, man. You can spray so many bullets in such a short period of time. I just don't understand what the need for them is. I think they should be banned completely, uh, and, and, and that's just the way I feel about it. And I know people are just going to say, well, you ban a gun, you can – you know, you can still get stuff off the black market. Yeah, that's right. But how much harder is it going to be to be able to get something? I mean, you know, for, for intents and purposes, you know, uh, cocaine, let's say, is illegal. And I'm pretty sure it's tough if you want to go out and get, you know, a kilo of cocaine right now. It's pretty tough to be able to go out and get an assault rifle, on the other hand, or an AR-15, a semi-assault. It's just so easy to be able to go and purchase that. And it's just... It's just really lost me. And, and, you know, just for some personal, you know, I try not to get super political. I try not to get personal, but there are times where I believe in a lot of, you know, what the, you know, Republican party is saying there's a lot of times where I'm like, you know, I kind of agree with their point. I got to go back and forth on both with politics. I consider myself an independent um, that kind of lean both ways, but this gun thing, I'm just totally lost They've totally lost me on this gun thing. Um, I just don't know how we can just sit and let more people die. And I'm just, I'm just disgusted with it, man. Um, and especially to be in a, you know, to, to be in a place like Texas, um, it was a little more personal for me because, you know, I love that state being a Cowboys fan. That was an 86% Hispanic community and, you know, most of the the kids, unfortunately, that passed away were of the Hispanic descent. And it was just it's just killer for me, man. So I, I, I know people say, you know, what has to be done? What more? And that's the question I ask, man, like how many more of this has to happen? And when are we just going to ban these these uh, weapons? Because there's just no need for them. Yeah, same here, man. I mean, you know, obviously, um, it's just just like you say, it's tragic. Um and then, you know, the leadership behind it, you know, it all starts with leadership, right? So, I mean, that'll be a start, banning the AR-15s. That should only be a military, um, you, you know, person in the military that can be able to actually use that weapon, you know, use it. And, and um, you know, obviously, the, you know, universal background check should be um, put in place and, and it should, you know, basically... Um, you know, it should basically be very, uh, it should be a process for you to be able to, uh, you know, purchase a weapon. That's all to it, man. All the other stuff, bro, it's up to the leadership, man. It's just up to the leadership. Hopefully something can be put in place, but, uh, man, I'll tell you what, the way things are going, man, it's hard to, it's, it's, it's hard to believe that they will do that, you know, but, uh, man. Tough, tough time, man. Tough time all around. Um, hopefully, we can get something in place. But I'll tell you what, man. I uh, I doubt it at this point. You know, maybe hopefully somebody can shock us and change our minds, and you know, they can come up with something. But right now, just the way things are going in this country, and especially with our political system, it's going to be a tough one, brother. Yeah, I have zero faith that something is going to get done. That any just to you know, put that on record. I just don't see it happening. Um, but, you know, just, oh man, man, the more I watch it, the more I, you know, hear these debates and everything, it's just awful. I mean, 
yesterday they were talking about, well, the issue was the doors in the school. It's too easy to get in the doors. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, well, how about not worry about the doors of the school? Let's worry about the, the gun that the dude had strapped to his back. Like, why are we focusing on everything else but the main issue, which is obviously, you know, the gun. And, and obviously, you know, what happened down there, the police completely dropped the ball in that area as well. So I'm not going to, you know, let them off the hook either because I know we've uh, both been pretty critical of how the police activities have gone over the last couple of years, especially when it comes to, you know, killing the, the unarmed, ma- mainly African-American um, community. But man, the police really dropped the ball down there as well for a whole different reason. So yeah, man, but I'm with you. I don't have uh, any faith that the politicians are going to get anything done. Um, and it's just, it's sad, man. It if for the first time, and I hate to say this, and I know this is going to be controversial too, but man, I mean, my whole life I've been growing up, this is the best country in the world. And for the first time in my life, I'm really doubting that because I just cannot believe that leaders and other, and I put leaders and very loosely uh, leaders for other countries would allow this to happen to their civilians. I just, I, I just don't understand. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, and just like you said about the police, every single cop that was involved in that response should be fired. I know it's a small town, so you'd probably wipe out the entire department, but at the same time, they can get other people in there. But everyone that, you know, played a part in the, I don't want to call it a cover up, but, you know, where they just got the stories wrong, all the misinformation, things of that nature, every last one of them should be held accountable, bro. That's just all to it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just, I don't know, man. I guarantee you there's a lot of people that even if they weren't cops were in their situation, they would have ran in, you know, after that guy and maybe, maybe sacrificed themselves. So for the cop who signs up for that kind of work to not do anything about it for, you know, 45 minutes is just, to me, that was absolutely mind boggling. So, and then, you know, to close, I'll say, you know, so we can get on to the good stuff here, the sports, and not be such sad here, especially on the Memorial Day weekend. Um, you know, then to make it worse, like I say, I was in, in about two years dropping them off at school, and then, then that night when they get home, they're telling me about how all of them are talking about it in school and talking about what happened and how scary it is and stuff. And, man, I got a, a fifth grader, a third grader, and they're the ones talking about it. It's just it's just crazy, man. Kids at that age should not have to worry about that kind of stuff. And, and, and that's just the bottom line. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, appreciate your insight, man. And, uh, yeah, man, um, you know, um, hopefully things will eventually uh, take a take a time, you know, take a chance for a turn here. Hey, man, let's get into some uh, sports. Obviously, this is Memorial Day weekend. You, you know, me and you, the way we started this pod was a NASCAR-based pod that basically just expanded into, you know, our Cowboys and then everything um, it was surrounding other sports. But, you know, this is the classic uh, racing weekend. Uh, years ago, I would be in the house all day, all night. I wouldn't leave. <laughs> And uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't move, man. I'm be honest with you, I would not move. I would start off, you know, we got the uh, Monaco Grand Prix going on, Formula One. Although they got some weather going on there, so we'll see what uh, you know, see what happens there. But obviously, we got the Coke 600. So, whoa, no, no, wait a minute. We got the Indy 500, 500 which yes. I'm definitely, I'm definitely interested in the Indy 500. Go Jimmy Johnson, right? Yeah. And then uh, we got the, the Coke 600, you know, rounding out the night, man. So give me your thoughts, brother. Give me your thoughts. 
Yeah, man. So just kind of a quick preview here. The first one here, just because we don't, I'll tell you, I say we don't follow a lot of F1, but I believe you've been watching a decent bit of it this year, right? Because I, man, oh, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm always, yeah, I've always followed F1. Yeah. It, yeah. it, it seems, does it seem better to you this year than and last year? I really, I think F1's on the uptick, man. That's just kind of my opinion. Do you agree? Yeah, they, so what they're done with the car and, and just, you know, obviously they got a ton of engineering in them cars. I think those guys have budgets pushing three, four hundred million dollars, you know, so that just tells you what they put into the car, right? But yes. I think what they're doing is they're slowly making it to where, because remember back when Schumacher was dominating, once the leader got out front, once the leader got through turn run, the race was over. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yes. literally, barring something catastrophic happening, the race was over. I mean, whoever got out in front would win the race. But now, you know, obviously they got the DRS, which is which allows you to, um, you know, put it's almost like a NOS type, uh, curious type thing where when they get in the passing zones, they can use that to be able to help with passing. Um, they're opening up the passing zones to where, I mean, there's just a ton of action in the back of the race, kind of like in NASCAR, and they're slowly working on segments. And I think in the next couple of years, you will see more passes in Formula One than any form of motorsports, just based on how they're doing it. Because um, I actually had a buddy who went out to the race in uh, Miami, and he said it was a dogfight from about positions, from about positions, uh, 15th through about 8th, he said, bro, there were just passes everywhere. And they're just slowly segmenting the race to be able to get that from what they call the points-paying positions all the way to the front. So I'm very excited about what's going on with Formula 1. I'm a Lewis Hamilton guy. He's their car. For whatever reason, I think they just threw this year away in reference to the car for next year since they're going to be doing Vegas. They're going to be doing in the States next year. And I think they want to be able to have more passing and things of that nature. So it's on the uptick. And, you know, they got that Netflix uh, show, F1. So, yeah, man, they're, they're really getting this thing going, man. Yeah, I, I like the DRS. That's a great thing. Anytime you get within a second, you get that extra horsepower yep. and you're kind of able to, to pass. And then what you see a lot, too, is when somebody does pass them, if you're not able to pull away, you know, now you're with now the guy you just passed is within a second of you. So then he gets DRS, which, Absolutely. you know, opens it up a lot of passing. So, yeah, you're right. And especially what your friend, uh, what he what he told you going to the Miami race. Yeah, that's spot on because pretty much how Formula One's working right now. It seems to me like Ferrari is by far the best car. I expect yep. Charles Leclerc to win today. He's oh, yeah. from He's from Monaco, and he's never won at Monaco. So I just think he'll finally get his Monaco win today, and he's on the pole. Hard to pass. Monaco's a tough Yeah, it's a very, to it's a very tough not, – not unless there's a safety car or something like that or something it, catastrophic it, happens. Exactly. It's not the – I mean, I'll be honest. Monaco's not the greatest race for Formula One if you want to just watch. The spectacle is un unreal. I mean, when you right. watch and see the yachts and everything sitting there, it's great. But from a pure motorsports and racing aspect, it's not the, the best. It's just kind of the value. And the track is hard. So, I mean, there's always an op a place – chance that somebody's going to make a mistake there, reckon at the end of qualifying yesterday. But, yeah, right now, Ferrari and Red Bull, those two teams are far – uh, by far better than everybody else. So it's pretty much Leclerc and Verstappen that are going to be fighting for the championship. I'd say 
Uh, Mercedes is on that tier just below them right now with probably also, it seems like uh, McLaren's been kind of on the up upswing a little bit now too, but they're probably on that tier as well. So yeah, when, once Formula One gets this thing bottled back up together where Ferrari and Red Bull's not just far and away better than everybody, man, the racing's going to be awesome. And I agree. I think it's going to be next year. So, so yeah, Monica's going to be a, going on now. It's in the rain. I expect Leclerc to win, and that's a good little motorsports breakfast, and that kind of gets us to the Indy 500, man. So, um, so here's the question I got for you. Is, uh, is Jimmy going to win the Indy 500 today? Man, I don't think he's gonna win, but I hope he I hope he could win. I mean, I think he has a shot, you know. I mean I mean, think about how he just dominated the ovals and you know, I think he has what, four Indy four uh what were they called? The Brickyard four hundred, the Brickyard. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I think I think he has a shot, man. I think he has a shot. I would love to see him win that race, but man, I don't know, man. What do you think? Uh, agree. I don't think he's going to win. I think he has a shot to win. Uh, remember, man, people don't even, a lot of people forget about this, but remember like what, five, six years ago when Kurt Busch just like jumped into the Indy 500 and finished sixth and with like no IndyCar experience. That was like crazy to me. Right. And yeah. I, so I think Jimmy can do that as well. And especially because he has so much more seat time in the car than Kurt, you know, Kurt literally jumped in like, cold turkey with no never driven a race before and, and did the Indy 500 so you know Jimmy's ultra talented but he is on the older side we've got to be real there's a reason he didn't win a lot in NASCAR near the end of his career um, but I still think he's going to run good I expect him to be in the top you know somewhere between fifth and seventh place but I just don't think it's quite going to win uh, Indy's going to be a great race today I, I have a feeling you know, uh, the other – the Texas, they put on a pretty good show. And Texas yeah. is an awful track for those of you that watched the All-Star race last week. It was oh, – that was one of the worst awful. races I've ever seen. So, so yeah, it, it should be a pretty good show today. My, I got actually got a friend who's at the race today. He spent uh, the weekend in Chicago. Then they drove up to Indianapolis yesterday, um, and they're there for the race. So, I'm kind of getting a live – update from him first time any 500 experience and i'm jealous it's definitely something i'd love to go do at some point but i think scott dixon's gonna win today unfortunately i'm not a huge dixon fan but he just he's always so tough at indianapolis but you'll have my eye on jimmy rooting for him and of course uh of course i think of course i'm rooting for jpm there's no doubt about that he uh he had some issues with his car broken qualifying so he has to start 30th but he was super fast in practice so I don't expect uh, him to be back in the pack too long. So, yeah, man, I'm stoked for the Indy 500. I think it's going to be a good one. Yeah, me too. And when you said Scott Dixon, man, I was just like – I had a picture in my eye watching paint dry, bro. <laughs> oh, man. he Scott Dixon so bored. I He's like my least favorite IndyCar driver. Not because oh not because anything against him. Like, you know, he yeah. he's a bad guy. He's just right. boring as hell, and I'm tired of seeing him win, man. That's, exactly. That's and, and and if he's and he if he's the favorite, you know he's got a dominant car. He's just gonna be up there, man. So yeah, hopefully Jimmy and, and I forgot about JPM, man. If JPM can just make a run and get up in that, you know, top top maybe top five, top ten, I'll be happy about that, man. So definitely keep our eye on uh, Jimmy and JPM, and if either one of those guys would win, that God, that'd make my day, man. Oh, me too. And I do expect that to be the best race of the day. It usually is. Normally in yeah, this motorsports yeah. 
triple header of the Indy 500 is the best race of the day. And then that opens up to the Coke 600. So I got to kind of get your thoughts on this first, too. First of all, I think the Coke 600 is going to be a great race tonight. I'll say that. Um, the car, they were wrecking and qualifying practice. The cars are tough to drive at Indy. It's just, for whatever reason, this car a mile and a half is a handful. And it's made a lot of the mile and a half tracks pretty good this year, especially earlier in the year when they were in California and they raced at Vegas. They had some really good races. I think you're going to see that again tonight. Now, I'll tell you one thing. With it being 600 miles, though, and I think they could potentially have 15-plus cautions. This is going to be a long-ass race tonight. There's just no other way around it, man, because if this car is tough to drive and they have that many cautions, whew, this thing's going to be a long one. So I think tonight could be a, a war of attrition type of race, and you may see somebody – it might just be kind of survival, and with that, you never know. You may see somebody win that kind of completely shocks you. But – I do got to kind of ask you about the NASCAR season. You've been pretty down on it, especially over the last month. So are you kind of starting to slowly go away from this new car? What are your, what are your thoughts on this thing right now? Man, I'm disappointed in this new car, man. I, I'm not going to lie to you, Anthony. Yeah, it's made the 1.5, I would say, relatively competitive, you know, but it's taken away what I would I think is the meat and potatoes in the short tracks. I mean, it's just horrible on the short tracks. And you know, think about it. We 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 were waiting what three years for this car, right? Yep, yep. And development and all that. I think they forsake. I don't think they for 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 you forsake the the, the short tracks. But I think they their focus was a mile and a half to where. But man, I'm just not impressed, bro. I'm serious. I'm gonna watch the race, but I'm just. I hope, like you said, I hope you, you know, I hope this race will be competitive. But unfortunately, I think it will be like you said, survival of the fittest. And I actually got a surprise winner for you too. But I'm just, it's just something missing, man. I don't know. Maybe I'm being too critical, bro. No, you're right. I think the mile and a half are really good this year. I mean, I've really enjoyed them, which was big, right? And, right. and also to NASCAR's point, Daytona was pretty good. Talladega was pretty good. So the mile yeah. and a half, the, uh, the super speedways are, are good as well. But, man, you're right. The short tracks were just terrible. I mean, Richmond, I'll be honest, Richmond's been pretty bad for the last several years. That's my home yeah. track. I live two hours away from Richmond, and I went last year just because I wanted my daughter to have her first experience at a race, but Richmond hasn't been good in years, so I'm not going to kill the car for not being good at Richmond, but not being good at Martinsville, they put on a stinker at Martinsville really let me down because, yep, you know, exactly. Martinsville's – I've never seen a bad race at Martinsville. Martinsville me always either. has a good show, and I'm usually stoked to watch 500 laps around that place, but it was a horrible – the Bristol dirt race was horrible. NASCAR's got to go away from the dirt thing, man. It was fun and it was cool and it was a good idea, but it just doesn't work on uh, NASCAR. That car doesn't work at dirt. That, that's my opinion on that. Do you agree? Man, I agree, man. I agree. I really do. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. Here's another thing. This may be a little controversial, but that whole, you know, that whole where they don't change the five lug nuts anymore. Yeah. I, I, I don't like that. I like when the guys had to change the five lug nuts, and I just thought, man, I don't know, bro. I gotta, I gotta snap out of this funk that I'm in. But I'm in a, I'm definitely in a funk with NASCAR. 
Yeah, I, I'm I'm a fan of the the five lug nut thing too, uh, versus the one. And I know they had no choice; they had to go to the one due to the way the wheels aligned, or it was it being like I believe like a carbon fiber wheel or something. Yeah. They had to yeah. go to the one for safety, which I, I get it. Um, sure. But it's it's just yeah, it's just different. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. So we'll we'll kind of see <laughs> we'll we'll see how it rolls. But I can tell you. I'm not a fan of the schedule this year. Uh, I'll, maybe I'll be changed when they go. To, I think they go to a Portland Road course here in a couple of weeks. I'm kind of interested to see how that goes because I've never seen that track. But a lot of these tracks, man, they're just when when Dover when Dover and Martinsville and Bristol don't put on good shows, that that hurts my heart. Uh, I'll tell you that. I'm sorry for laughing when you said Portland. I'm sorry for our Portland listeners. <laughs> That's where they're going to Portland. I'm like, what the hell. But yeah, man, I'm just I don't know. When 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 oh when goodness. when I'll tell you when Darlington, Dover, Bristol, and Martinsville, those like to me are like those four tracks, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, if those four tracks were on, those races were on NASCAR, I wasn't doing anything that day. That was exactly. literally what I was exactly. doing. I'm watching five hundred miles of Darlington, I'm watching Dover, I'm watching Bristol, I'm watching Martinsville, but man. It's just unwatchable at some of those tracks now. And what they had at Texas last week, NASCAR should be embarrassed. They should be embarrassed what happened at Texas last week. Like, the All-Star race could not be – We you were saying you thought NASCAR was dead after how bad it was last week. I'll go on record and say the All-Star race is dead, bro. All-Star race is trash. Like and Texas, it is trash, man. It's horrible. And and Texas should be punished for how they configure that reconfigure that track. They shouldn't be allowed to have a NASCAR race oh sanction at that track until they fix it because it was awful. Man, I you talking about the classic doing too much, man? They do, they were doing too much with all the gimmicks, man. With all and then Boyer and them trying to sell this to us, man. I I just I couldn't take it. I just could, I could not take it, bro. Dude, the Fox broadcast this year has been trash. <laughs> I cannot wait for NBC to come back, come back on. And usually, I mean, it's the wait a minute, usually wait a minute. I'm Did the opposite. Did you just say that? Did you just? <laughs> man, it can't be any worse than what I've been watching. My, my Mike Joy, man. Now I'm gonna have to just kill everybody. Just say the truth. Mike Joy's washed. Okay, let's just be yeah. real. He's done. Yeah. Boyer is awful. He never even – I mean, he is oh, one of the God. worst announcers I've ever heard. And then when they – depending on who the third one in the booth is, some guys are pretty good, and then some guys are just terrible. I, I like Jamie Mack. Did you like Jamie Mack up in the booth? I was yeah. all right with him. You, you know what? B- believe it or not, man, I, I think a booth in this – I think a booth of Jamie Mack, Kenseth, and Regan Smith, I think those guys would be great. I'm serious, man. I, I love uh, – I thought Kenseth did amazing. And, and I'm not a Matt Kenseth fan, you know, but I thought he did really well. And I, I think Adam Alexander is the best play-by-play guy, the guy that does the Xfinity races. So I would like to see him go up and take Mike Joy's spot in the Cup Series, hopefully sooner rather than later. But it's getting bad, man. It's getting bad. Um, hey, before we pick the, the our Coke 600 picks, because I got a surprise winner for you too. I'm interested that you said you had a surprise winner because I have yep. one as well. Um, so a couple weeks ago, I can't remember what track it was, but I want to say it was Dover, but um, the nine car uh, driven by Chase Elliott, uh, he, he won the race 
and it seemed like you were a little happy about Chase Elliott winning. So deep down, I'm just going to put you on record now here on our on the pod airways. Um, I know you've never, you know, you went away from Chase uh, is what you said. Um, and then I just kind of kind of have this feeling that maybe you're back on the Chase uh, wagon again, especially after you said your driver was Kurt Busch now. Oh Kurt Busch won a couple races ago, and I didn't really hear a whole lot of cheering from you after he won. So are you back totally on the Chase Elliott band? Wagon now, or, or what do you got? Hey, look, man. Okay, oh, I was happy that Kurt won, but I was ecstatic that Chase. Won. <laughs> I was, man. It, it all came out right. <laughs> Bro, it all came out right. <laughs> Just exactly as I thought. I basically thought that the first time you said I'm done with Chase, I was like, "Yeah, right. We'll hey, see man. how long this lasts." Hey, so. man. I was, I was going in checking speed. <laughs> <laughs> you just, you can't quit. You can't quit. I can't quit. Right. I can't quit. I'm sorry, man. I don't think he has a shot today. <laughs> Quit him, man. I really can't. It, yeah, you, you, you got it. All right, so picks for the Coke 600. Like I say, I think today's going to be a total war of attrition today. And I, I'm serious. I think there could be less than 15 cars running at the end and like 10 cars in the lead lap. So I'm going to go totally surprise winner today, a guy that's been running well but hasn't won, um, and also a driver that I kind of like that I've been pulling for a little bit this year. So I'm going to say that here, Coke 600, old classic race, that 43 car gets back to victory lane tonight. I'm going to take Eric Jones to win. Okay, that's a solid pick. Eric's been solid this year. He's running well. Um, Got nothing but respect for that pick. But I'm going with the old 23 car. I think Bubba Wallace is going to win this race, man. Right. Serious, right? No joke no, on I'm that serious. No, I'm, I'm serious. I think Bubba Wallace is going to win this race. I think he started, he's got a lot of momentum. He's been running well uh, the past three, four races. And um, I think it's just you know how you got to kind of go through some pain to get to, yeah. get, to the, get to the other side, no pun intended. And I got, my, I got my eyes on the old 23 car. And I think with Kurt actually winning, I think that actually takes the pressure off Bubba, believe it or not. I don't think it even adds pressure. And apparently they have a great relationship. So I got the 23 winning, man. I really do. Okay. And I well, think that... it'll be I think it'll be the boost that the sports need the sport needs going into the summertime also. I really do. Yeah, that would be big. So man, either one of those wins would be big to see either the historic 43 or of course Bubba went in on, uh, you know, Coke 600 crown jewel race. So, yeah, man. Well, I'm excited to watch that tonight. Um, obviously, we're going to have a little game seven going on at the same time. So I'll be flipping the channels back and forth. But before we get to game seven, uh, let's talk your Lakers a little bit, man. Your oh, Lakers yeah. made a big oh, yeah. move. Oh, yeah. Um, let me make sure I'm saying, is his name, is it Devin Ham? Is that his oh, name? Man, are you kidding me? It's Darvin Ham. Darvin Ham. I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. But honestly, I don't know a whole lot about this dude. Um, So I'll let you kind of fill in. Is it, he's kind of, well, the only thing that I heard is that he's similar to the coach. A lot of people think he could be like the Celtics coach, um, which I, I'm sorry, I can't pronounce his name. Um, but a lot of people think he's similar to that kind of style where he could be that kind of coach. So did you like the move? And give me some insight on the on Ham. So look, man, I love the move. It, 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 the thing that I love about Anthony is he has a presence. And he's actually he, – he was a Laker. 
That's the thing that I love about him. He was a Laker, um, classic, powerful role player. He was dominant in college at Texas Tech. He, um, they got some video out there when he broke the backboard in the, uh, I think it was the, uh, I want to say it was the semifinals of an NCAA tournament he went to Texas Tech. But the thing about it is this guy is, this guy has come through the ranks. So he's earned everything that he has now. I mean, he's been an assistant coach for, golly, 10 plus years. He was your classic role player. So think about a role player in basketball. So similar like the T. Lou type coaching uh, style in terms of he knows the game through and through. He's great with X's and O's. He got, he was basically responsible for developing Giannis, okay? That was his main assignment get this guy to where he could be dominant. So I'm very happy about that. And don't get me wrong, the guy is still 6'7". He has a, he's got a bruiser-type presence. Um, he has the ability to communicate well. Um, he will get 80s and LeBron's respect, and he will not back down for them guys. He will not tolerate some of the stuff that, you know, let's say um, uh, Frank Bowman. You follow me? Because Frank yes. didn't have the presence. Frank was um, a, a technician with defensive stuff, but in terms of leadership, hands knows hand knows X's and O's from the defensive and the offensive side. So I'm very happy, bro. He's got a four year deal. He's he, he can pick his own staff. I am so happy, bro. This is the right step in terms of right now and especially in the future. So I'm very happy about that. So that's where the comparisons to Idoku kind of is with him absolutely former yeah. player, assistant, absolutely. real good exes. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. All yep. right, because I didn't I didn't know it was a former player. So yeah, no, I didn't know. I'll be honest. Bro. Yeah, I, I don't know much about the move, so I'm just kind of kind of taking your word from it. There, I heard a little bit about him earlier in the week, but not for the Lakers job. He was they were talking about him on. Uh, Cowherd was talking about him taking another job, and I can't remember like exactly. Charlotte or yes. whoever. Yeah, some some small job, but no, man, he's he's got the job that he should have, man. Good, good. So, yeah, I'll tell you, it was surprising to me just because Lakers always seem to kind of be like our Cowboys; they want to do a big splash. So, yeah. I was expecting a uh, Doc Rivers uh, trying to get oh, him God, out, which man, that would have been that would have been awful. Or, or a Mark Jackson or something like that. I was expecting a big-name coach. So, for them to go with, a, you know, a guy who's getting his first head coaching opportunity. But I think it's a smart move for the Lakers, man. I mean, at the end of the day, outside of AD, LeBron, the Lakers have a lot of young players on the team that could benefit from a guy who's used to doing the mentoring and kind of help develop Giannis and that kind of stuff. So, I think it's a good move. And you're right, a six seven guy who's got the presence about him like that probably not going to take a whole lot of crap from, you know, especially AD. I'm not sure how much crap LeBron gives as a head coach, but I'm pretty sure AD is, I don't know, man. I think he's kind of a diva. That's just my opinion on him. So yeah, I'm, I, I think it's a good move. And um, I, if this helped turn the Lakers around, I'm all for it because basketball is just better when the Yankees are good or the Lakers are good. I'm sorry. Baseball is the same when the Yankees are good. Basketball is the same when the Lakers are good. And of course, football's better when the Cowboys are good. So the Lakers being good is good for the sport. So I hope it works out for them. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm, I'm excited going into the summer, seeing what we can do, and then obviously going into the, uh, you know, <clears throat> in the new year when the uh, season starts, bro. 
Game Definitely. seven, man. Game seven. Game, game seven. seven. So, so before we hit on game seven, let's. Ref- I want to reflect a little bit on game six. All right. Um. So, uh, we haven't been able to. You know, we haven't potted a whole lot during these playoffs. So a lot has transpired. But I'll tell you, game six. I, I just got to ask you: Have you ever seen a player? And now this is all honest. Like I've never seen in my lifetime a player who can be like an a just an above average player in a regular season that totally morphed himself into a superstar in playoff moments. I've never seen a guy do that. Like Jimmy Butler does that his performance in game six, I believe it was 47, nine and eight was his final line. Uh, 47 points, nine rebounds, eight assists in a game six on the road where you're facing elimination to pull that kind of performance out. Bro, I've never seen anything like that from a guy who's not like a LeBron or something already. Does, am I right to say that – have you ever seen anything like that before where an average player just turns into a superstar in the playoffs? Well, I mean, I, I knew Jimmy was going to be that guy, you know, uh, not to that level, but I knew what he did against the Lakers in the bubble um, when he had those two 40-point triple-doubles in the finals and everybody thought it was a fluke. They thought the whole bubble thing was a fluke. I, you know what happened to the you, – you know what the Miami Heat did to the Boston Celtics in game five? They did the, they, they, they did the old rope-a-dope with those guys. Because remember, they didn't play Hero. They, they barely played P.J. Tucker. They barely played Butler. You know, they started out the game with those guys, but when they saw that they just didn't have the energy, they kind of did a load management in, 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 the, uh, in, in game five, if you ask me. Because, to be honest with you, I thought the Celtics were going to drag Miami. And Miami came for a fight, bro, and they weren't backing down. So I think Spolster really pulled the rope-a-dope on the Celtics, man. Yeah, you could be right about that. I mean, they definitely saw it. But, man, that's risky because you're going down 3-2 and then having to go on the road in game six. But – yeah, man, that performance was amazing. Um, uh, J- Jimmy, you're right. He did those couple bubble performances because, let's be real, that, that Heat team a couple years ago had no business taking the Lakers the sixth game. They should have got swept, really. Right, I right. Mean, no, you're right, you're right. So, yeah. so that's just the way it is. Um, when it starts to tonight, though, coming on this Game 7, I'm really excited for this Game 7. But normally in a Game 7, I lean towards the home team. But I'm just leaning towards Boston tonight. And the main reason for that, my main reason for that, well, two two reasons. One, I guess actually three. One, I think Jimmy's going to be a little bit tired. I think he's going to be – I think it's going to be tough for him to have that same kind of output that he had in game six. Two, uh, no Tyler Hero tonight. If he doesn't play, I know he's questionable, but if even if he does, I don't expect him to be 100%. And, you know, Tyler Hero was a six-man of the year this year, and without him, they just lose a lot of firepower, especially when they go to the bench. So I, if Tyler Hero is playing tonight, I would feel a lot better about the Heat. And then three, man, you just don't know what you're going to get from Bam out of Bayou every night. I mean, he is so wildly inconsistent, and I just wouldn't be shocked if tonight's where he has one of those you know, two of 12 from the field type of game. So for all those reasons, I'm going to go with the Heat. I don't think – or um, I'm sorry, I'm going to go with the Celtics to win the night. I don't think the Heat are going to get blown out by any means. I think Eric Spolster is just too damn good. I think if me and you were in the starting lineup, Eric Spolster would still keep it competitive because he's just that damn good of a coach, man. That's just, that's just the facts. But, yeah, I think the Celtics are just going to be too tough. It's Tatum's time to shine. He's got to show me some. I'll be on the record to say 
I don't believe that Jason Tatum's a superstar yet. I just don't. I know everybody's really loved the hype over him. I don't see it personally, but I think tonight's the time for him to prove me wrong. And if he goes out and has a great game seven performance and goes to the finals, then, you know, I'll be happy to say I'm wrong. But I want Tatum to kind of show me something tonight. Yeah, man, this is the Jason Tatum game. And yep. this is the way Boston wins. They have to go through Tatum. Smart and Jalen Brown, they have to be uh, what you call it, role players to to to, to Jalen Brown. That's got to be the order. If it's Smart trying to take over or Jalen trying to take over, the Heat are going to beat them, man. I'm telling you. But if it's if it's Jason Tatum like he did in Milwaukee, where he just he just went toe to toe, everything went through him. Um, um, I really, really think the Celtics will win. But it has to be like that. He has to be game five versus Milwaukee in Milwaukee, Jason Tatum, for in, you know, in Miami tonight for them to win. If not, if the order is out of out of, out of if there's any other order, then the uh, the Heat are going to beat the Celtics. I, I agree with you. I agree. It's definitely the Jason Tatum game. And I'll tell you, man, this year, if it turns out now to be the Celtics and the Warriors, either one of these teams versus the Warriors, I man, the playoffs this year, it's just another NBA playoffs just full of injuries, though, hadn't it been? I'll tell you, that's been the big thing for me. Like, you know, I believe if Chris Middleton would have played, I think the Bucks would have beaten the Celtics. I, I truly yeah, believe yeah, that. Me too. Me I think too. the Warriors, you know, got off the hook a little bit with Ja getting injured. And then, of course, you know, the Suns get upset by the Mavericks. And then it yeah. just seems like a lot of things kind of went the Warriors' way here now to get them to the finals as well. So, yeah, man, I, it's definitely been a war of attrition. But at the end of the day, one of these three teams is going to win it all. Jason Tatum's got a chance to be a superstar. I just – I don't know, man. I, maybe, I'll ask you. Maybe I'm being too critical. I don't think Jason Tatum – I don't quite put him on – John Morant. I think John Morant's ahead of him, in my opinion, of superstardom. I put Tatum above Luka, but under Ja. That's kind of how I'm at. But I'm kind of out on Luka right now just because I don't know if the kid loves it. Like, I just feel like he's, you know, always coming in out of shape. And I'm just, I don't know. That That's kind of how I rank him. Am I too hard on Tatum? Yeah, man. I got, I, I, Luka, Luka's just, Luka's just got to, uh, come in in shape and he'll be fine. Um, I still got Tatum over Ja, just due to the size. The NBA is a size game, especially in the playoffs. I know Ja's electric and he can do that, but when, when it comes down to mono, mono, with, I, I just I got Tatum over Ja. But, yeah, take, this is the Tatum game, Anthony. He has to – if he wins this game, think about it. If he wins this game, he'll, he would have beaten uh, Giannis game five in their place, you know, and then he would have beaten Miami game seven in their place. Then I would elevate him into that top, you know, that top six echelon. But if he does not win this game, he goes back into, you know, back further down in the top 10. So this is the Tatum game. That's what it is. I, I got you. And then the other last thing, I believe whoever loses tonight, they have to blow the team, not completely blow the team up, but I think they got to really look at making a ton of moves in the offseason because I, I don't think – 
I don't know. I think just because of the injuries and everything this year, I don't see either of these teams getting back to the finals next year with the way they're currently constructed. I think whoever loses tonight is going to have to, whether it's Boston, they got to kind of blow it up and get another superstar there into Tatum. If it's Miami, they've got to just maybe get rid of a couple of these younger players that are kind of developed average to kind of get another superstar in there with Jimmy Butler. Um, That's just kind of the way I feel. Would you agree with that? Yeah, there definitely will be some retooling with Boston. I mean, because you're looking at the Brown Tatum uh, tandem, and that that will be going into year seven without the you know without getting to the finals. You know what I'm saying? So they would have to do something there. I think it would be Brown would be the one that would go. Um, and with Miami, yeah, they got a bunch of. If you really look at it, I mean, that whole Bam deal, I. Bam, man, he he's just not ready for the moment, bro. I, they they got to really look at his contract, and then they got to get rid of Duncan Robinson, paying him that was it five years, ninety million. When you get more heart and more desire from Struess, you know, um, it, that's a scheme. Vincent, that was a scheme yeah. ass contract, bro. Oh yeah, my right? god, absolutely. Are you kidding me? And yeah. <laughs> so so, and then you know they got to get a little younger because Butler is. I mean, even though Butler, I think he's thirty three. But man, golly, how is Butler going to be? Because he's, you know, he's been through some wars, man. You know, so how he's going to be in year what, uh, year four and five of that contract? You know, so yeah, they definitely got some decisions they got to make. Pat Riley always gets things done, so I don't have a doubt in my mind he'll be able to retool them. You know, but yeah, man, it's this is going to be an exciting sports day, bro. Definitely. And then kind of look over at the West for what's waiting on whoever wins this between the Warriors um, there in the West. I kind of think the same about the Warriors, man. I think this is the end of the dynasty for the Warriors, in my opinion. They've got to get a championship this year because I just think with Clay getting older, with Steph getting older, with them just getting, you know, moving in a different direction. I know they've got some good young players with Jordan Poole, I don't think Andrew Wiggins will be there past this year. I think they'll end up moving him. In the, that's just my opinion. You know, Draymond's getting older. So, I think this is kind of it for the Warriors, man. I think next year the West is going to be so freaking tough. The Lakers are on the upswing. Obviously, I think my Clippers are going to be really tough next year. I think the Suns are going to be back and super tough again next year on a vengeance after doing what they had done to them in Game 7 by the Mavericks. And then, of course, you know, Memphis is going to be tough. So I think the West is kind of really going to be on the upswing. So I think it's kind of do or die for the Warriors dynasty here. Do you agree with that? Well, I, I think if you look at they got some good young players now. They got Kaminga, they got Moody, they still have Wiseman, they got Jordan Poole. I just think maybe the person that I think that will probably be the odd person out if they make some moves is going to be Clay. I mean, Clay has been pretty decent, but he's been way inconsistent. It's due to the injuries, right? And Draymond is just a heart and soul. I mean, I know a lot of people don't like Draymond, but Draymond is what makes that thing go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Steph is obviously not going anywhere. So if anything, I think it would be Clay that would move. But I think Poole and Kabinga and Moody and Wiseman, I, I do think the Warriors, as far as their future, you know, obviously they'll take a step back, you know, regardless. But um, the team to beat next year is the Clippers. And I'm not – I'm a Lakers guy. I don't like the Clippers, but I'm just looking at the facts. The Clippers, if a healthy Paul George and Kawhi are there, with all that versatility that they have, 
they are in Tyloo, they are the favorites. I'm, I'm being serious, bro. Well, you know, I feel the same way. <laughs> we need it. I think it's like a do or die year for the yeah, Clippers. They next have year. to, Anthony. The Clippers absolutely have to get in the finals next year, or else they got some decisions they got to make. You know, it, it's it's finals or blow it up next year. In yeah, my opinion, yeah, absolutely. for the for the Clippers. Um, absolutely. but for 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 the Warriors, yeah, they do got some young talent. I just disagree. I don't think they're gonna get. I just don't think they can get rid of Clay, man. I don't think Steve Kerr will allow that to happen. So I think they'll hang on to Kerr. I think. You know, Wiggins is going to kind of. I oh, really yeah, Wiggins is definitely. I think Wiggins definitely will be the one that that will go. But if they're trying to make, let's say, if they're trying to make an astronomical move, I think you package Wiggins and Clay together because you got Jordan Poole. And Jordan Poole, yeah, he's not defensively where Clay is, but I think offensively, he's he's he, at this point he's better than Clay due to the injury. Agreed with you, and then. Last point there before we kind of move on to where we, wherever you want to go after this here, man. It's your your show here at the end. Um, <laughs> but I'll tell you, I hate to say this because this is tough for me because I can't stand this guy. <sighs> if the Warriors win the championship this year, then you got to put Draymond Green in the Hall of Fame, unfortunately, man. And I hate to say that, but it's just the facts. He's the leader, the defensive leader of this team that will have, what, three or four championships He's a Hall of Famer, unfortunately, and man, that kills me to say it because I'm not a Draymond fan at all. Draymond said he is the new media now, man. <laughs> yeah, God, he drives me crazy. But like I say, he if they get another title with his defensive, you know, deal and him being the glue that puts it together, then he's a Hall of Famer. And that's just the way they're. That's just the way it is. And actually, if if, if in fact you know when that happens, him, Curry, and Clay, they all need to go in together. Because you're right, like, that, that trio is – that's a dominant trio, man, whether we like it or not, whether people want to call it, uh, you know, uh, jump shot basketball or whatever. Those guys, you can't – you can't – yeah, you know, did some – did you know, did they derail LeBron's prime with Ed and KD? They did, you know, and I hated that. But at the same time, you can't really take away what's what. But, yeah, man, so we'll, we'll definitely – NBA is going to be tight next year. I can't wait. Look, man, our Cowboys, I'll, I'll be honest with you, man. I've been kind of following, you know, just the OTAs, getting the feel of the team. I've been following uh, Jeff Kavanaugh's YouTube page. He does some nice videos. And, man, man, I don't know, bro. I mean, you know, this team, obviously, you got Ty Smith, who is, you know, he's got back issues. And we know back issues just do not get better. Um, I just this is going to be a transition year for us, and I think we expect it because if the transition year means Sean Payton, then I'm all in for the transition year. What about you, bro? This squad has five and twelve written all over it. I'm serious. Like this team is going to be a five and twelve, six and eleven football team. I I really believe that. The roster, just looking at the roster, it's not good. Um, it, it definitely is going to be a transitional year. Ty Smith is just, I mean, you come in to OTAs with your back hurting when you haven't done anything since January. I mean, Dallas hasn't played a game since January. So what does that tell you about what kind of shape your body's in? So Ty Smith is, I mean, he is so washed. He's on the spin cycle on the wash machine, just totally <laughs> done. I told you, I texted you the other day and said I would trade him away for, 
uh, a ball of lint and an old stick of gum that had been sitting in my pocket, <laughs> maybe a half a paper clip. That's what I would get rid of him for because he's just – he's completely done. Wide receiver-wise, I was thinking about this. Dak is going to go into the – and we're all going to kill – I don't even know what's going to happen. We're going to be awful. We're going to start 0-2. We're going to lose to Tampa and Cincy. We're going to be 0-2. Everybody's going to kill Dak, and Dak's going to have a horrible offensive line. He's going to have no Michael Gallup, so he's basically going to have C.D. and Dalton Schultz as his only weapons, and then a bunch of, you know, the, the rookies and Washington and just, you know, a bunch of Noah no Brown. dudes. Who's that? Noah Brown. Oh, my God. Yeah, Noah Brown. Practice squad, Noah Brown. <laughs> um, a guy, Noah Brown wouldn't even be – if Dallas cut Noah Brown, he wouldn't get picked up by anybody. I'm just saying that. He would be out of the league. He'd be Terrence Williams 2.0. When we cut Terrence Williams, he was just done. He never got picked up again. Um, so, yeah, that, it's, it's going to be a long freaking year. Um, the only way that this thing works is if Dallas has an incredibly good defense, which I think they will have a pretty good defense, but I think the offense is going to be so bad that the defense will hang in for two quarters, and then by the middle of the third quarter, they're going to be gassed because they're going to be on the field just too much. Um, Zeke is washed. Uh, it's just it's gonna be a bad year man so I'm not looking forward to football this year I'll tell you that I'm actually wondering if just for the bandwagon year if I should just go ahead and purchase my Joe Burrow jersey just for this year you might as well you still got that thing in cart right <laughs> yeah it's still in the cart I haven't deleted it yet so I'm wondering if I should just throw it in and just purchase it because it's gonna be a long year man yeah, man. So I was listening to Kevin I and Jesse Holly. They got a little YouTube show that they do. Yeah, on, yeah. Um, and, and so Jesse was saying, you could already tell Mike McCarthy know he's a dead man walking, bro. Just by what they've kind of seen and kind of heard, he kind of knows that he, that Sean Payton is in the area. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, it's so true. It, bro, so yeah, this and you know my thing is this right Anthony if this is going to be a throwaway year then we really need to look at the snaps from Michael Parsons right you don't necessarily want to beat him up you know and and maybe we just look at it as a development year I know let's say God forbid we beat Tampa me and you're going to be back on this pod talking about yeah baby (laughs) (laughs) well you know it you know it (laughs) but yeah nah in all serious man I, I think that uh I really think everything, because they're going to have a ton of cap space next year once they release Zeke. Um, I just think that it's setting up for next year. I really do, man. And I also think, too, I, I think they will be evaluating Dak also, man. I really do. And it's unfortunate, you know, but this is going to be the year where, you know, because he's kind of had everything perfect around him. Now it's like everything's not perfect, so let's see what, let's see what you can do, you know? I really think that's going to be on the table also. Yeah, for Dak's sake, I'd say he, I, you know, he's got to go 9-8 and eight this year, eight, yeah. eight, maybe even 8-9 and nine, just with the talent that's around him. He's got to fight at least to 500 because that's generally what does. If you have an elite quarterback that's on a bad team, generally you still go 500. We've seen Russell yep. Wilson do it when they were transitioning in Seattle. You know, we, we've seen that happen with many quarterbacks that kind of still go at least 500. Sometimes even they'll lead a team into the playoffs, maybe in the wild card round or something that has no business being there. So Dak does have to do that. But if I was Dallas this year, I would spend a lot of time playing these young guys. Like they got a lot of young offensive linemen, the guys they drafted. 
They got Josh Ball still sitting out there. I would go ahead and get these guys some playing time this year to see what they got. Um, and then, of course, I would see if you got anything on that. I believe it was the same Sam Williams. See if he yeah. has like a Micah Parsons 2.0. I would yeah. just spend a lot of time playing these young guys and, and let's see what they got going forward. Absolutely. That uh, lineman, Matt Willetsko, uh, apparently he's got the measurables. Maybe they do something with him. Jalen Tolbert should you know, definitely be our slot receiver. I'm going to kind of agree. Jesse Holly is way down on C.D. Lamb, bro. So I think there's something there with, with what you've been saying. So huh. I'm going to keep an Jesse, eye on C.D. Yeah. Jesse Holly's way down on C.D. Lamb. I know another guy who's way out on C.D. Lamb, bro, and that's me. All right. <laughs> I am so done with C.D. Lamb. Um, it, it's <laughs> – I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just, just way too harsh, but – He's just a mid-level. He's like a 20th to 25th best league receiver. He's not in the top five. He's not in the top ten. He's just – he just isn't. Oh, he's a, yeah. He just ain't that guy. Hey, so check it out, though. But he's he's locker mates with Dak now. He's right next to Dak. Yeah, what does that – that don't mean nothing. Man, I saw that story, and I'm like, okay, so what the hell does that mean? What does that mean? You know what that probably tells me? You know what that what? tells me? The Dak, Dak went to Jerry and said, hey, man, can you move this clown's locker next to me? Because he don't freaking listen. So when he's getting dressed, I'm going to make sure he listens. I'm going to be chirping in his ear. Because we can say what we want about Dak and, and everybody, all the criticism can come about Dak, and it's rightfully so. But even you, you're a pretty critical of Dak. But I'm pretty sure you can't you can't question Dak's uh, want to win, can you? His no, desire no, is definitely no, there. No, absolutely. I, I think, you know, apparently he's in the best shape of his life. You know how everybody says that. They always say that, yeah. He's in the best shape of their life. So apparently he's in the best shape of his life and, you know, all this good stuff, man. So we'll see, man. We'll see. But it's going to be a tough year, bro. I, I actually, the big thing for me and I hate to say this because, you know, but it's just this, what have you done for me lately? The biggest thing I need to see from Dak this year, not only is, you know, playing obviously pretty decent, but I need to see him be healthy for a whole year, man. Yeah, I hate to say right. it. I hate to be you're critical, right. but it's been two years in a two years in a row. I know two years ago he had to freak, you know, leg injury, you know, snapping his leg. That was a freak deal. But then last year to have the shoulder and then have the calf. And I just, I need to hear it. I didn't, I need to have a season of nothing where I don't hear any talk about an injury related to Dak. I need him to just be fully healthy this year. That's, that's the biggest thing I can say for him. Exactly, man. And apparently the, the relationship between McCarthy and Kellen Moore is not as good. <laughs> So, bro, we're going to be all over the place this year, man. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you. Can can we ship both of them out at the end of the year when we go, you know, when we go oh, yeah. 7 and 11, yeah. 7 if, and 10? If, if Sean takes over, Kellen won't be there. You know that because Sean calls plays. So, and, I, I just think that it's, this, this is going to be a – this is going to be a rough year for us, but I think there's going to be, uh, uh, you know, good things to come. Yeah, man. I want I, what I want when Sean. Let's bring Sean Payton in. I'll keep Dan Quinn, and the rest of the coaching staff can pretty much go. That's essentially how I feel about it. <laughs> you mean uh, old Bones? Yeah, Bones can go. Man, Joe Philbin. God, Joe Philbin can go. That whole that whole guys they can they can just miss me with that. But yeah, I'm actually. I'll tell you, it's horrible because it's Memorial Day weekend here. This is the time where we transition out of the NBA here, get over the finals, and we start thinking about football. And I could not be any more 
not excited about football tonight. Oh this my goodness, I am so hey, not man. excited. Well, you might need to go ahead and take that thing out of the cart and check it out and become a Joy Joy B fan for this year, man, and just go that route, bro. That's probably what you're probably gonna have to do, man. Yeah, man, I'm just going to have to root for Burrow, and then, of course, I'll have to root for the GOAT because why not? So, I guess it'll just be Tampa and Cincy for me this year because there ain't nothing oh, else to add. Oh, man. Hey, so, look, before we wrap up baseball, man, I'll tell you what. This season, for whatever reason, I've been just watching, checking baseball standings, looking at highlights and things of that nature. I really hope things – because if we can get a Mets Yankees World Series, bro, oh my goodness, I'll be so happy. Definitely, man. And and isn't it kind of funny that, you know, I said at the beginning of the year how I want the Mets to uh you know to to do it because of Buck Show Walter. Yep. And they're yep. having issues with their pitching rotation and they're kind of navigating away. And who is it that's masterminding that whole thing but Buck Showalter? I mean, they've got, you know, one of the best records in the league with the with the Yankees. And then, of course, the Dodgers and the uh, Padres are all both really, really good as well. So, yeah, yeah man, baseball's in a rich time right now. I'll tell you, I know you said last week when you were upset, you said NASCAR's about dead, man. Well, on the opposite of that, uh, baseball is thriving right now. I think they are in a really good spot. Yeah, man. No, absolutely. I was checking the standings yesterday, man. The the uh, Mets have an eight game lead on the Braves, bro. Yo, so they they are Buck Showalter, man. Golly, that dude's just he he's a baseball lifer. He knows how to turn an organization around. So I'm happy about that. I think the Yankees are legit. I really do. Um, just like I said, if we could get a playoffs with the Yankees, the Mets, the Dodgers. The Angels, if we can get those uh, teams in there, bro, I am so happy, man. So happy. So let's uh, let's see how this thing plays out, but I'm, I'm very excited about baseball. Yeah, well, I mean, that lineup with Judge and Rizzo and Stanton, I mean, that's Donaldson, that's a tough lineup to have to go through. That Yankees lineup is tough. Um, so, yeah, they are going to be super tough to beat. And then, yeah, another – the last thing for baseball, for me, of course, you know, huge Orioles fan. I watch – I'm still watching quite a bit. They've actually been a lot better this year than I thought they were going to be. I'll be yeah, honest with you. Right, right now, they're right. yeah. they're actually 6-4 and four their last 10 games. They're eight games under 500, um, which, you know, is respectable for a super young team. And they just – Called up last week. Uh, you sent me the video. I like that. Uh, Adley Rushman got called up. He's the number yeah. one prospect in baseball. And I like that, man, because the Orioles are like, you know what? We're in a rebuilding mode. This kid's like 21 years old. Why well, keep sitting him in double A and just having him do his thing? They just moved him right up to the majors and said he was literally in triple A for a week, bro. He went from double A, triple A. He killed, uh, he killed double A, went up to triple A for one week. And they said, what are you doing here? Let's just put him up on the big squad. And he's been up on the big squad for the last week. And he's played pretty well. He's a great defensive catcher. Really good communication with the pitchers. The bat hasn't come yet, but the kid's just too talented. The bat will come. There's just, you know, no whiff fans or butts about it. So I'm actually pretty excited for the future of my Orioles team right now. They're looking they're looking on the ups, upswing. Well, that's good, man. And the Braves here, the Braves are just catting around, BSing around. I think they're going to try to make a play for the wild card, but they're just so inconsistent. I knew that was going to happen after that World Series. So we'll see, man. But uh, either way, I'm excited, man, and can't wait to can't wait till we get into, you know, the league championship series, those wild card games, things of that nature. Can't wait, man. 
yeah, man, that'll be something else we'll get to follow that'll be good. So, man, so it's our motorsports day. So um, enjoy your day off. Enjoy tomorrow. Uh, have a happy Memorial Day. I'm going to be grilling some burgers and hot dogs and stuff today and then uh, watching this motorsports stuff. And then tomorrow I'm going to be laying out by the pool tomorrow, man. So it's going to be uh, should be a pretty, pretty good here next couple of days, man. Absolutely, man. Same to you and the family, and we'll see everybody else on the other side. All right, man. All right.